0: Scene 10 Setting Right before Jesus enters the Praetorium. Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 to 13. As the dawn of the day drew near, I knew the agony I had yet to endure. I was not thinking of Judas any longer. The goal set before me would be to do the will of my Father and give the offering of my life to redeem your soul from death. The eternal life of your soul is my reward. I was thinking of you. My thoughts turned toward those of you who would deeply love me and follow me throughout the years, much like John and Peter. I was thinking of those who would fear me and speak often to me. You are my special treasure and the priceless jewels embedded in my crown. I will write your names in my book of remembrance, just as I have written down Mary of Bethany, who anointed me with precious oil. She is to be remembered whenever the good news is proclaimed. Then they that feared the Lord spoke often to one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them, as a man spares his own son that serves him. Malachi, chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. My special followers, with soft hearts made pure by my blood, are such stark contrast to Judas and the leaders of the temple who sought to kill me. Of course, the ones who offered Judas the money were more wicked than Judas. Judas struggled with his choice. He felt guilty afterward. The chief priests and elders, however, were smug in their hierarchy of idolatry, and they pridefully thought they were in control of my destiny. I remembered warning my disciples two days before the Passover. The Passover is coming, and I will be handed over to my enemies, and crucified, nailed to a cross. Matthew chapter 26 verse 2 At that same moment, the head priests and the elders gathered in the palace of Caiaphas, the high priest. As they gathered together, their hearts like tombstones, spoke to one another like skeletons from the graveyard of their dead religion. They made plans to arrest me surreptitiously and have me put to death. As they were deciding when to arrest me, not during the festival or the people will riot, they were not cognitive, they were constructing another tower of Babel, a tower doomed to fail, a house of cards. When humans gather together to build a false temple, to worship the creation of their own hands, instead of worshiping the Creator, the building blocks can do nothing but create an unstable building. For if the Lord does not build the house, the workers build in vain. Psalms 127 verse 1 The temple of Solomon was built stone upon stone for the glory of Yahweh to inhabit it. But now I, the Messiah, Yahweh in the flesh, was to become the new temple. The times are coming, and now are, that the Father will be worshipped in spirit and in truth. John chapter 4, verses 23 to 24. As I endure the cross, my body will become the temple, and the temple where the priests and elders gathered will be destroyed truly i say to you not one stone here will be left upon another which will not be torn down matthew chapter 24 verse 2 they reasoned that they would mitigate the riot by not arresting me during the festival but how can one stop the will and timing of yahweh how can one stop the leveling of the temple after my death and resurrection The Temple of Solomon, also called the First Temple, had stood for hundreds of years. The splendor of the temple was unsurpassed. The Hekal or holy place, had walls lined with cedar, on which were carved figures of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers overlaid with gold. The floor of the temple was formed of fir wood, overlaid with gold. The doorposts of olive wood supported folding doors of fir. The doors of the Holy of Holies were of olive wood. On both sets of doors were carved cherubim, palm trees, and flowers, all being overlaid with gold. I thought of the priests. I thought of each one of them individually. Each one rationalized he was secure in his position. How could this spectacular temple in which they spent day after day, year after year, be destroyed? If they had only listened and believed me, their own Messiah, they would have known that the temple they perceived to be so unshakable would soon be rubble, and that their blind followers would be scattered throughout the earth for almost two thousand years. If they had listened or believed me, they may have opened their ears and eyes in order to prepare their followers to receive their Messiah. Instead. Their eyes will be blinded until the rise of the Gentile church age is fulfilled, and they have captured Jerusalem again. Even then, some will still refuse to see. I had come for my own, but they had not received me. If they had called out to me even now, I would have opened their eyes. But I knew they did not want to see. Their arrogance had blinded them. I see you, even when you do not want to see me, even when you need me desperately, but do not look at me. I speak in my word and warn of times and seasons, but you do not listen or believe. At these times I weep for you, as I wept over Jerusalem before the destruction of their temple. How often I would have gathered them! as a mother hen gathers her chicks. Luke chapter 13 verse 34 How often I would gather you under my wings and cover you with my feathers! How I yearn for you to hide in the secret place of the Most High in the shelter of El Shaddai, the Almighty God! He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Psalm 91, verses 1 to 6 If your heart is hard, you cannot see me, nor can you hear me, and perhaps now you are running blindly in the temple you have built, and are finding nothing but rubble. Open your eyes. Look at me. I am the temple of Yahweh. One look at the compassion in my eyes will cause the crumbling of your temple to cease. You will find a new temple to dwell in, the temple of my heart. Come to me, if you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your soul. Matthew, chapter eleven verse twenty eight I am thinking of you now, as I was thinking of you then, this morning of the day of my crucifixion. There is one foundation that will never be moved, never end up in rubble. I am the stone. the stone the priests and the elders have rejected will become the cornerstone. I am the cornerstone in the kingdom of God. I said to the priests. Have you never read in the scriptures in Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This is from the Lord, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. With a humble heart of flesh, you can stumble over the stone. Fall on me. Confess your brokenness and be healed. But if the stone falls on you in judgment, you will be crushed. Your temple built by your heart of stone will be crushed. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 42 to 44, paraphrased. I am now being forcefully shoved by the guards leading me to the praetorium, Pilate's house, to be presented to Pilate the Roman governor. The crowds are gathering not only to see what the commotion is about, but to anticipate the release of a prisoner, which is the custom on Passover. One prisoner who is condemned to die will be set free today. But I was not thinking of Pilate, nor the priests, nor the prisoner. I was thinking of you, just as I am thinking of you now, I had set the plan of my death and resurrection in motion from the beginning of time, and I would finish it today, so that when you are halfway through your life, and things are not working out exactly the way you had planned, there would still be hope. Hope in me. I am the author and finisher of your faith. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Matthew, chapter 24. Verse 35 The door of my house is open to you. In my house you will find mercy and grace. I will continue my course this morning until I have accomplished the plan of salvation for your sake. The temple I am building will never crumble. A builder who sets out to construct a building must count the cost. I have counted the cost for your soul and will purchase your redemption with my own blood. I will finish the journey, so when you are weary on your journey, you can count on me. I will carry you across the finish line if I need to. I am determined to write the end of your story with the blood of my own palms. For I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. As the gods who seemed to be made of steel yanked my weary body to and fro, I almost lost my goal and vision, and I well very knew. Without a vision, one perishes. Proverbs 29 verse 18 At that moment I heard a bird chirping nearby. Morning had broken. The birds were waking up all around me. A peep here, a tweet there, until a symphony of sweet song filled the ominous air. The enchanting choir I had created proved a soothing relief to my ears. Their welcome sound beckoned me, coaxing me to contemplate the creation of the world, the first dawn and the enchantment of the Garden of Eden. Their tiny, charming twitters chimed praises to my Heavenly Father as I passed. It reminded me of my celebrated ride on the donkey into Jerusalem, where I was hailed with palm branches and shouts of hosannas on a week ago, the day I said that the rocks and stones would surely cry out with their praises if the tongues around me would cease. In the anthem of the birds I heard the hymn performing the perfect carol of creation, and my soul rose to meet daybreak, like the first morning. I was nourished by the purity of my sweet-feathered beings and filled with a greater strength to accomplish my purpose, their sweetness elevating my heart before I encountered a noisy crowded praetorium. Everything created was perfect, a beautiful world. The only thing ugly is evil. The evil that dwelt in the crippled hearts around me caused me much anguish. If there were nothing more this morning than this anxious crowd which surrounded me, It would have been a much more grueling journey. But these birds and these thoughts of my exquisite garden caused my soul to harmonize with all of creation. I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. When you are passing through your own valley of weeping or time of great testing, pause, listen. Spend time in nature. Look up at the sky. For... The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows our craftsmanship. Day unto day, they utter speech, and night unto night they show knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 3. Look up, for your redemption draws near. For as much evil as there is in the world, there is more beauty. For even though there are many people with hard hearts, one heart of pure gold can offer healing, love, and goodness in a time of need. In a timeless moment, I paused to enter a secret place in my heart, my mind, and my soul, where I tucked away a most poignant memory, which happened only two days ago. It would be the last time I would be able to truly rest before my expedition into hell and back. A vivid moment, like a sigh, like a breath, like an aroma of perfume, devotion, mixed with the fragrance of unconditional love. As I lingered at the home of Simon the leper that day, I whispered quietly to my disciples about my upcoming death. Not one of them understood or believed what I meant. Not one. Mary of Bethany, however, did believe me. She was present, along with Lazarus, her brother, and Martha, her sister, all of whom were my most beloved friends. As I hung the words of my death in the air, much like piercing the warm and loving atmosphere with a sharp, cold knife, Mary overheard my words. When I spoke of my burial, she sensed my wounds were imminent. With an open, trusting heart, she rushed to her cabinet, where she kept her precious oils and flew to my side. She knelt at my feet, and poured out an act of kindness, of worship, and of humility, a devotion to me which should have melted the hardest of hearts. I say that it should have, and yet it didn't. Her actions didn't melt the heart of Judas, who suspiciously watched her open the alabaster box containing the precious perfume. As she poured the ointment on my feet and wiped it with her hair, Judas quickly joined in with the other disciples who were rebuking her act of worship. They said, Why this waste? This oil could have been sold for a lot of money and given to the poor. They reproached her, not just because the oil was expensive, but because they were in complete denial about my death. They wanted to use the money to build the kingdom on the earth. I told them, for you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. For when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken of in memory of her. Matthew, Chapter 11, verse 13 Judas was not as concerned about the poor as he was about the others' approval of him. He cared what others thought and needed their constant reassurance. He had to perform good works to be noticed, because he did not have peace on the inside. People who are not secure with themselves often try to look good. At the same time, they feel the need to criticize others. This was a picture of Judas. He cared what other people thought because, frankly, he needed their vote. Make me look good. Accept me. Say that I'm okay. Say that what I am doing is okay, even if it is sin. This is how it is with some people. They need to keep perfect order on the outside because on the inside they feel nothing but chaos. They need the vote of public opinion, and they often do not care whether or not the public opinion is right. Only one opinion matters at the end of the day. At the end of your day, only the opinion of God matters. I see on the inside. You alone with me is all that matters. I am the entrance to heaven. Without my blood on the door of your heart, you cannot be saved, nor enter into the peace of God. You might think you are safe among the multitude of people who share your beliefs or cause, but one day you will stand alone before me. I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. Take time to reflect inwardly. Take the journey within your heart seriously, before you are faced with selling the Saviour for thirty pieces of silver. Judas never did give his life or his money to the poor, did he? Instead, he died a shameful and cowardly death, and his thirty pieces of silver were used to buy a field of death. In contrast, people who have a pure heart shining from the inside do not care about people's opinions of how they look on the outside. These precious ones can display their love and worship freely. Mary loved me. She believed I was the Messiah. She believed I was the Son of Yahweh. She listened to me and knew in her heart I could no longer linger on the earth. The thoughts and intentions in her heart, as she anointed me with oil, were wholesome and unadulterated. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure but even their mind and conscience is defiled titus chapter 1 verse 15 does this mean she did not have any sin no but her heart was so translucent so transparent and so genuine that her spikenard the precious costly perfume that she poured out over my head and feet was only a minute sample of the costly gold she was pouring over me from her heart Even though the perfume was worth nearly a year's worth of wages, the balm of love she showered over me could not be measured. Mary moved with the essence of a true prophet or priest, as she poured the precious oil over my head. In this era, the act of anointing signified selection of someone chosen for a special role or task. Kings were often anointed with oil by a prophet or priest, as part of their coronation ceremony. Mary, permeated with compassion, fulfilled an unconventional role which set an example for all those who will follow me, all of whom will demonstrate untethered acts of devotion to me throughout time. Rather than measuring out a small amount of oil, Mary breaks the jar and pours the oil out gushing, life-giving, sacrificing prayers of incense over my head. She's completely given herself to the moment, the oil, she may have very well been reserving for her own burial or the burial of a loved one, but instead she poured it out generously, without thought of her future. Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you give, it shall be measured to you again. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Can a person outgive God? Whatever you give will return to you with the same measure as you gave it. At the local farmer's market in Jerusalem, The good and generous farmer, selling his wheat, would pour the wheat into the basket, let the buyer shake it, press it down, shake it again, and let the farmer pour his wheat into their basket until it was running over. The same farmer would live in abundance in every aspect of his life. He had given generously to his fellow humankind, therefore would be given back to from his creator. Mary did not care who was in the room, or how ridiculous she might have looked to others, as she wiped my feet with her hair. The ointment of her pure, unadulterated generosity, which she poured over me to prepare me for my burial, comforts me now. The memory of her fragrant offering and the simplicity of her devotion ministers to me now. I am thinking of her now, as I am thinking of you, Those who are pure and beautiful, honorable and true, will have my love, my blood, my life, and my encouragement. You will have my heart when you need it. My heart will be broken for you. You will have my wounds to heal your broken heart. You will have my broken heart pouring out water and blood for cleansing and nourishment. The aroma of Mary's sacred act surrounds me now with the fragrant presence of my father, who is with me as I am with him. I will remain in this pocket of peace, dwell in the secret space of spices as long as I can before the sun goes down on this day. I will be mocked, beaten, whipped, and stripped. My hands and feet will be nailed to a cross that I must carry up the long, winding street of Via Dolorosa. I will be despised, forsaken by men. I will be tortured even more than I can imagine. I will acquaint myself with grief, and for a brief moment will bear the ultimate pain of being separated from my father. Yet, in my suffering, I will bear your diseases, carry your sorrows, your pain and your deepest anguish. Even though I am the king of the universe, I will humble myself like a lamb led to a slaughter. I will not open my mouth to complain or rebuke the verbal blows of the proud and lofty. I will be cut off from the land of the living. I will be buried with the wicked and with the rich, even though I have done no violence nor committed any wrongdoing. Surrounded by the love of many delightful souls like Mary, who will pour out their precious oil over me for centuries to come, I set my face like a flint toward this certain course, my sacrifice today. In my nostrils will remain the memory of the fragrant offering poured over me as Mary wept, an acceptable offering in my sight, one which I will carry with me to the cross the hope of the incense of prayers that will rise from my saints for centuries to come. As my feet take one more weary step this morning on my arduous path, I am most comforted by Mary's act of kindness. Her tears have paved the road. Yes, it is worth it, it will be worth it, to walk through this valley of the shadow of death, to become the one name which people must call upon to be saved. I will open the door into eternal salvation for people like Mary, for people like you, for I was thinking of you as I am thinking of you now. I pray that in your hour of suffering and your time of darkness, the harmonious affection of a soul like Mary of Bethany will come alongside you to soften your heart to anoint you with prayers and encourage you to endure your own journey as you carry your cross with me if you suffer with me you shall also reign with me first timothy chapter 2 verse 12 now i must enter the praetorium this is the beginning of the end